Welcome back. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show. Here with you today. Enjoying the day. And uh, hopefully you are as well. All the rumors, all the innuendos about Aaron Rodgers and such all uh, starting to take place and get crazy. That's okay. That's okay. That's what we do. We do that. We talk about it. And uh, we got a lot of stuff uh, coming up today, tomorrow, and it's going to continue on until we actually get the white papal smoke coming out of 1265 to, to hear what we have going on. And joining us now from SI, our good buddy Gary Grambling is joining us. Uh, Gary, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Bill? We are doing extremely well. So first of all, let's go back to the to last weekend. Had to be one of the most exciting weekends of divisional round football I think we've ever witnessed. Would you not agree? No, absolutely. And look, I would. Uh, I, I, I know this sounds like a hot take. I would put Bill's Chiefs up there with any game uh, that's ever been played in this league. Uh, it was... <laughs> It was incredible, and look, by Sunday night, you kind of look back and like, oh, remember when the Bengals played the Titans? Uh, I, I seem to remember that game, but uh, that's that's the kind of weekend it was. So give me your thoughts. Let's talk about the matchups first and foremost coming up this weekend. Give me your thoughts. Uh, Joe Burrow obviously riding a hot hand in to Arrowhead, but that offensive line stinks. They're going to get him killed. Nine sacks by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I'm not going to say that the defense is as good in Kansas City, but certainly they're going to get after him, and they're going to put a ton of pressure on him. In the meantime, they got to figure out a way to stop the miraculousness that is Patrick Mahomes, who uh, as the second half of the season got underway, he really began to come on and look like Patrick Mahomes again i don't know how cincinnati's going to get the win you tell me yeah look they gotta go shot for shot with uh you know burrow has to go shot for shot with patrick mahomes uh, i'm kind of of two minds on uh, on the bengals protection issues it's been an issue all year this isn't new uh joe burrow really manages it well uh last week what you saw was uh they, they basically took all away all his hot reads away uh he was very hesitant because of that uh usually he he can extend plays a little bit within the pocket uh and he couldn't do that because jeffrey simmons was in his lap uh basically every time he tried to do that so uh it's a problem it, to me it's kind of a red flag that the bengals didn't have any adjustment to it they didn't have any counterpunch to uh, throw out there and it being just you know they got a couple turnovers jamar chase who is i mean i, I don't think i'm surprising anyone when I say he's absolutely incredible, uh, he pulled out a couple of long catch and runs that uh, set him up for points, and, and they got out of there. But, uh, boy, they were awfully lucky to get out of there. And I know they beat the uh, Chiefs a couple of weeks ago, but, man, it's, it's tough to figure out a scenario without something really weird happening out there uh, in their favor. Yeah, I, and I agree. I mean, uh, I'm, the, all, all the road teams were winning except for the Chiefs last week. This week I have the two home teams winning these contests. You go to the game that's going to be out in L.A., and the 49ers, even though Shanahan has never lost to McVay, uh, I think that right now with Matthew Stafford kind of feeling it, finally giving you that quarterback play that they were expecting, uh, McVay and, and his guys at home amped up, really ready to go. I get the sense that even though this magic carpet ride that San Francisco's on seems to be something that's almost unstoppable, I think they get stopped out in L.A. against the Rams. There's really, outside of the history of the two teams, uh, there's not a whole lot of reason you'd say the 49ers should go out and win that game. I mean, they're a good team. We're in the playoffs. So you can always you can always pull out a win. But uh, just, just logically, I mean, the, the gap between the quarterbacks, uh, it, it's just... Uh, 
uh, you know, it, it, does Kyle Shanahan have something up his sleeve that uh, we just haven't really seen before? I don't think so. It's just a matter of do the Rams get those 49ers ball carriers, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, Eli Mitchell or Debo or, uh, or Kittle and, and Ayuk on a run after catch stuff. Do they get those guys on the ground? And look, they did last time. And, you know, it, the game kind of got away from them in a weird way. I just don't think it happens again. I, I think the Rams do uh, win that one. I, I I completely agree. Now we uh, look at Nathaniel Hackett going out to Denver, uh, and everybody expects at some point whether or not it's going to be Luke Getze uh, moving up and getting the offensive coordinator role here or Stenovich going out there and getting the coordinator role. Things are going to change in Green Bay. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. They have quite a bit of cap space, close to $40 million worth. They clearly have made it you know, an obvious statement that they want to go after Aaron Rodgers if indeed Rodgers wants to be traded. They bring in Nathaniel Hackett to do just that, maybe to throw out that lure and try to snag the big fish in the pond. Give me your thoughts on the Broncos and what's going on out there. Well, yeah, look, logically, they're, uh, they're plan B for uh, Aaron Rodgers. They have to be at this point uh, with what they've built out there. Where I land, and, and, and we know Aaron loves uh, Nathaniel Hackett, and he will probably poach one of those two guys, whether it be uh, Getty or, or Stenovich, to be uh, basically his number two out there. Uh, where I always land with the Aaron Rodgers talk is, uh, number one, how much longer does he want to play? Because, I mean, you guys know it out there, for as long as he's been there, those receivers who play with him, you need multiple years with Aaron Rodgers. Even in a more highly schemed offense like what they've run with LaFleur, you need multiple years with Aaron Rodgers to get to the level where that offense has to be at. So uh, if he were to go out to Denver for 2022, I think it's a bit of a wash year. I think it's it's not a team that is going to top uh, a Mahomes Chiefs team or, or even a Josh Allen Bills type of team. They could pop in 2023. Is he at a point in his life and career right now where he wants to go through it. A rebuild is not quite the right word, but you know, a mini rebuild, a bit of a get to know you kind of year where you kind of probably uh, end up losing, uh, losing the year. And when I say losing the year, I mean, you're not going to make the Super Bowl. So that's, that's really the only thing he uh, has to play for at this point. Do you think there's, and, and this is the, the back alley type of speak, but do you think there's any possibility the Packers then turn around and trade away Jordan Love to one of these teams? Because, you know, Love and Rodgers have uh, the same agent, or same agency. But do you think that Jordan Love gets dealt and the Packers then garner some, uh, some draft choices in that realm? I don't think so, just because I don't know what the market is. He's such an unknown, uh, mm-hmm. and he really was a guy. It, it, the teams that were interested in Jordan Love two years ago, he's a guy you wanted to get in there and say, let's get him in our program for two years and, and see where we go. Uh, maybe the story would have been a little bit differently if he went out and lit the uh, Chiefs on fire in that one game. I don't think that was a red flag type of performance, but it also was a performance that didn't make anyone say, like, boy, you know, this, this guy, uh, maybe, maybe we make a run at him. Maybe we uh, uh, trade a couple draft picks at this point. So, I don't think it's realistic. Uh, that said, it only takes one team, and uh, it's not a very good quarterback market out there uh, this off season. But I think a lot of teams who would be looking to sort of uh, a long-term plan at the quarterback position, I think everyone's got their eyes on the 2023 draft more than uh, trying to get someone uh, someone young from another organization at this point. 
Mike McCarthy goes to Dallas with his pedigree and his record. Obviously, it came with uh, kind of the afterwash of what happened in Green Bay at the end. But he goes down there. He has a pretty decent season. Uh, good defense, good offense. Dan Quinn looks like he's going to stay now, we find out. And then Sean Payton retires, and the minute he does, Dallas Cowboy fans want Mike McCarthy gone. They want Payton in there as the, as the head guy. Give me your thoughts as to what's going on down in Dallas, if anything, because we know Jerry can be somewhat unpredictable. I mean, look, this is a uh, boy. Mike McCarthy is, is just kind of on notice now. Uh, it, they're not going to make a move this offseason, or I, I would say I'd be shocked if they made a move this offseason. But uh, obviously, I mean, Sean Payton is, is just going to absolutely haunt that, uh, that coaching staff here in 2022. And, and we'll see how it goes because that is uh, – look uh, – the way they lost that playoff game is, is it's almost the worst possible way you could do it because uh, those of us who watch from the outside, the things we can criticize with confidence and rightly is stuff like game management stuff, clock management stuff. When you botch it as badly as they did, uh, you just told me yourself that even if, even if they had a great game plan, even if it was just some bad breaks that cost you the game, uh, people will jump on you for that. And, and, and we've seen that's what happened with, uh, with Mike McCarthy here. But that is I mean, look, that's a Super Bowl contender there. They should be going deep into the playoffs. Uh, if they don't win uh, one or two playoff games, I mean, look, not to it's trite to put it this way, but if they're not playing conference championship weekend next year, I mean, yeah, I think there's a real good chance they make a uh, they make a change. If, if they think they can get Sean Payton, then uh, I think there's a really good chance they could get him. Now uh, in Green Bay, we all know we're waiting for uh, Aaron Rodgers to make some type of a decision. But give me your thoughts on the way the season ended and how it ended. We all knew the special teams were bad. We just didn't think that they would show up and be this catastrophically bad at the end of the season. But uh, the way the Packers went down, uh, give me your thoughts there. I know, look, it's just sort of the misery of being a Packers fan at this point where uh, your season just comes down to what's, what happens in January. Uh, there is, uh, you know, there's nothing structurally wrong. I don't think you look at this team and say, like, well, here's, here's a fatal, you know, obviously the special teams have to get better, but that's not something that takes a huge commitment of resources in order to fix. Uh, it's, it's there, and even if so, let's say the scenarios because I, I still think it's more likely than not Aaron Rodgers is back there. Uh, if that is the scenario that plays out, uh, even if you lose some pieces here, and obviously they're going to have to make some changes with the, with the cap situation, but uh, even if you lose a couple pieces. I mean, they just went basically the entire second half of the season without their best pass rusher and then without their best uh, cover cornerback, and they were fine. I mean, if you have Aaron Rodgers there and you bring Devontae Adams back, that is going to be a, a Super Bowl contender there, especially in that division where you have some, you also have some margin for error during the regular season because no one in that division is going is going to make a run at, uh, you know, even nine or ten wins next season. I, uh, I I still think that the legacy of Aaron Rodgers is forever going to be tied to, to Green Bay. And if he comes back, uh, I know they're in salary cap jail, just about $40 million over the cap right now, But and they're going to have to have some bloodletting. But if he comes back and plays next year, if you had to hedge your bets, what uniform is he going to be wearing? I still think he comes back. Uh, you know, I, I certainly the Broncos have emerged as the uh, as the top challenger here. But uh, if if we're going to put percentages on it, I put it at like seventy four percent. He's back in Green Bay. Uh, let's call it. I'll do the math real good. Twenty four percent that he's in Denver, and two percent he is elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think he ends up. Uh, it- 
too many other places. I think either he would walk away from the game or try to extend his legacy here in Green Bay. Now, that begs the question, with what he wants, does Devontae Adams, with the price that he wants to bring, end up back in Green Bay? I think he has to. Uh, I, I think those two are, are kind of a, if not officially, I think it's kind of a package deal that you have to do that at this point. I mean, Aaron Rodgers basically made him go out and trade a draft pick for Randall Cobb last offseason. And, uh, you know, if, if that's the way he's going to approach Randall Cobb, he certainly has to uh, to make that kind of stance with Devontae Adams, who is absolutely – look, if they brought Rodgers back and not Adams, it, it's it's different. It's, you know, it, it, it's – it's still a team that's going to win the NFC North. They're not going to. They're not going to be on that same level as you know. Let's say the Rams, the Forty ers the Cowboys, in the NFC. So yeah, I think uh, I think they're both back or they're both gone. Uh, and I do think you know, as as dire as it does sound, when when you sort of you know the the forty million over the cap, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I think you know if you look down in New Orleans during the late Drew Brees years, I think you can see you can finagle these things and and sort of uh, pass the buck off to a later year and and just uh, put the paint off until, uh, you know, 2023, 2024. Um, give me your thoughts real quick as uh, what happened with Byron Leftwich down in, in Jacksonville. What direction are they going? That's been a cluster for a long time. And you, if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan, you're thinking to yourself, at some point, you got to get this right, right? And it seemed like they were ready to, to sign Leftwich and this deal was going to be a done deal. And they were talking about this and all of a sudden things went up in the air. What's going on in Jacksonville? So, yeah, and it sounds like he is going to end up getting the job down there, uh, unless I missed something in the last uh, five minutes here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, look, he is kind of the opposite of an Urban Meyer, and, and Urban had all sorts of issues. But uh, Byron Leftwich is incredibly incredibly personable and popular. Uh, basically, the guys who played for him uh, pretty much love him. I think the thing you'd be hesitant about is his track record as an offensive coordinator, whether you go back to Arizona or even in Tampa. Uh, I mean, look, Tom Brady basically took over that offense uh, as sort of a co-offensive coordinator there, and you are not bringing Tom Brady with you, uh, obviously. So, you know, there's some questions about, uh, you know, what he's going to build for Trevor Lawrence there, who, you know, his offensive coordinator hire is probably more important than people might realize because I do think he needs a guy to come in and, and sort of uh, sort of be that kind of guy. But, uh, you know, he is certainly – he's someone who <laughs> – they love him down there. His players will love him, and that's going to be uh, – Quite the quite the turn of events uh, after after the last year. Gary, always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, by the way, real quick, uh, give me your thoughts on the Bears' new hire because that happened. Oh, I, look, I love Matt Eberflus. Uh, I, it, it makes uh, plenty of sense there. Obviously, his offense coordinator hire will be huge with uh, developing Justin Fields, but that that roster is still kind of broken. They're probably a year away. Eberflus, I mean. Um, you could go back to his first year in Indianapolis where they just didn't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball, and he makes it work. He he gives – I think if you were to ask opposing quarterbacks what defensive coordinator gives you fits most often, uh, I think Eberflus is right up there with anyone. I, I think he's a really sharp mind. I think that's a really good hire there for Chicago. There you go. Good stuff, Gary. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon, okay? You got it, Bill. Anytime. Absolutely. There you go. Gary Gramling. He is uh, with SI. You can find him at gramling underscore SI on Twitter at gramling. G-R-A-M-L-I-N-G. Gramling uh, underscore SI over on Twitter. He joins us on the hotline. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. They are the official beer sponsor of tonight as well. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. It is the, uh, the championship weekend edition 
of the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are going to be out on the road. We're going to be at Root River Center. That's on Rawson Avenue in Franklin. Come on out tonight, 6 to 8. Should be a good one. 6 to 8 tonight, we're going to be at the Root River Center. Rawson Avenue. It's right there at the bowling alley, right in front. Come on by. Rawson Avenue in Franklin. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michaels Show, and it's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. Yeah, good stuff. The Bears have hired their uh, new head coach, the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt. Eberflus, Eberflus, as their new head coach, and uh, he comes with a, a decent pedigree. We'll talk more about that coming up here in just a little bit. Meanwhile, the uh, Denver Broncos have hired Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett then bringing Stenovich, and we'll see if there's any other dominoes to fall. Still waiting to find out about the Packers coaching staff changes, and I think first and foremost is whether or not Mo Drayton still has a job. I got to think if, and for all of you that have accused, uh, we'll say the, uh, the front office of meddling. If Matt LaFleur keeps Mo Drayton after what we witnessed this year, I will then jump wholeheartedly on board with you in regards to Mark Murphy and Russ Ball having far too much say. Far too much say. The circumstance when Rizzi did not get hired was because they were paying Mike McCarthy's salary and Rizzi wanted to be the highest paid assistant out there. Uh, so they weren't going to do that um, because they were still paying McCarthy's salary too. But nevertheless, uh, we're just kind of waiting for all those dominoes to fall. In the meantime, our buddy from uh, CBS 58, uh, our pal Kevin Holden, is now joining us uh, on the hotline. Kevin, how you doing, pal? Man, it's all good. I um, it, so Kevin Love scored uh, a lot of points for the Cavaliers last night, and I just got an invitation to play Words with Friends. So I just want to make sure I didn't wake up in 2011, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. No, you're right though. Yeah, it's kind of the the, the throwback, so to speak, no doubt. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you. Let, let's go back because you and I have really not chatted since uh since everything happened on saturday night so get, first of all give me your 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 reaction to what we witnessed and i guess the the best term would be the gut punch that we received on saturday evening yeah it's i mean to the point where you know if we if you're peeling back the curtain a little bit and talking about what we uh you know we do in our jobs uh i you know i have a new a new boss a new news director at my tv station and uh uh, you know Jesse. You you you've worked alongside yep, yep. Jesse. Um, terrific, absolutely terrific. And and I at halftime of that game, I sent her an email, and it was it, it's a, kind of a joke. It's like, all right, look, I know that first half didn't quite go as planned, but when they sort this out, here's how we should handle the NFC Championship. Here, are my thoughts, whatever. Uh, and, like I was still that confident that they were going to pull that out even after seeing a half of football. And I think it was based on that first drive of the game, which was one of their most impressive drives of the year. It was, it was that, that first just punch to the mouth of the 49ers. It's like, well, okay, they're, they're ready to play. They came out to play. And if you told me at that point that the defense wasn't going to allow 
a touchdown, an offensive touchdown for the 49ers. I I was thinking 38, you know, 38 to three or something. Like, I mean, that, that was supposed to be a blowout. So yeah, it was, it was a gut punch and it was, you know, obviously there's a, a lot of blame for the offense for, for letting that first drive be the only real noise they made all day. But man, special teams was such a mess down to 10 on the field for the, for the final field goal that I am with you, what you were saying at the start of the segment, that this is one of those times where I'm in favor of, you got to make the change in the position group coach, just because you have to, not because somebody's taking the blame for a general fall, but because man, oh man, like that's, we're, we're talking about a play to decide a season and the wrong number of people are on the field. That's that's an instant issue, and and unfortunately for all the good work done, it all got undone because of special teams. That's the kind of thing that happens, and it happened to the Packers. So, uh, I mean, as much as we look at special teams, the offense didn't play well. Uh, you had AJ Dillon go down with a broken rib that hurt the offense. Rogers obviously looking a lot towards Devontae Adams that hurt. Um, you know, the offensive line not playing well and not going back to kind of what got you there that hurt. I mean, there was enough finger pointing to go around. Don't get me wrong. We get stuck with the the special teams because it was so obvious. But give me your thoughts on Rogers, his play. And then now what moving forward holds? See, it's, it's such a bizarre thing because we are, we are used to, and it doesn't matter regular season or postseason, we are used to, you know, just a different level out of Rodgers. I mean, he's, you know, the touchdown to interception leader in like the top eight best seasons of touchdown to interception ratio ever in the history of ever. And even in, when you talk about playoff losses, that, that have happened to the Packers. It, it's it's the defense didn't perform in Atlanta or the defense got gashed by the run in San Francisco or Brandon Bostic happened in Seattle. It, it This thing has never fallen with a chunk of the blame on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders, and it was different this time, and it was uncharacteristic this time because, uh, you know, Rodgers knows how to spread the ball around. I mean, we, we all know through years and years of watching him, you know, get five, six, seven receivers involved. And, you know, he can make receivers better. It, it was kind of a shock to me. It was, it was a subpar performance for him, and it does happen. But I think maybe there's one of your first reminders that uh, this isn't, you know, 25, 26-year-old Rodgers anymore, that maybe those games will happen a little bit more often. I still – I know that the off season is uh, an increasingly tumultuous time in Wisconsin. I know that fans are, you know, just thinking, man, I, I cannot have another off season of Adam Schefter reports on draft night and all this mystery and everything else. One, I don't think it'll be quite that bad. I think by, by uh, mid March, I think this, this could be sorted out. And I think overwhelmingly his best option is to come back. And, And it's, for one, the relationships got repaired. Also, this team, it, they have a lot of tough salary cap decisions. I get that. But this team is built for him to win for him. Uh, and I don't know if uh, he's going to be able to go anywhere else. You know, if Pittsburgh is a great example that uh, I don't think that team can, can get him there instantly the way the Packers still can. So I think it goes short. I think he comes back. Um, when you talk about coming back, does that include Devontae Adams, do you think? Because I, I, I don't know how they're going to be able to afford both. I mean, unless they kick those cans way down the road. Yeah, that's, that's what the issue is that I, I think, 
I think it's going to be number one on his list because, you know, Rodgers wants his friends back and he's, he, you know, he's been saying that and he said that, you know, Adams is the best he's played with. So he's definitely going to want Adams back. And the Packers are going to open that ledger and show him where they had to kick all this money down the road already and how much it hurts. And, you know, I, I'm a little worried Rodgers can kind of shrug his shoulders and go, yeah, but this is, this is what we want. So uh, unfortunately, if that happens, I think if Rodgers returns, Adams does return. But then, you know, then you've got a lot more water than you got boat. So uh, there's going to be some right. some uh, people going overboard when it happens. I, I mean, we, we were trying to make a list of guys the other day that uh, that are just the first level of cap casualties should this happen. And I mean, you're talking both Smith brothers and Mason Crosby are probably three of the first guys out. And that's, you know, those are big losses. And those are the beginning of losses. You can only, uh, you know, work with so much cap room. They've, they've already had to, you know, kick so much down the road with the salary cap changing last year with the pandemic. It's, it's a crazy situation. So I, my prediction is, yes, it's going to be Rodgers and Adams, but there's going to be a lot of a lot of people walking out of 1265 Lombardi this offseason. That's my question. So, But it's for a year. You know what I mean? I, I, I think they can manipulate things for a year. It's remain viable. I don't know if they're going to be a Super Bowl team, but remain viable. And then the year after when that cap goes up dramatically, you they can really, I, I think if, and I'm not saying for Aaron Rodgers to come back and say we're going to throw away a year, but I, I think if 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 you kind of put some things together this upcoming year and you know you, you got to hit on some draft choices and you know you got some holes to fill, it looks like the year after they could really kind of get after it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good point. They they um the, the pandemic uh was as was awful to the Green Bay Packers ha, slash has been awful. I don't want to say it's over, but the uh you know the pandemic has been really bad to the Green Bay Packers and, and it in these strange indirect ways. The first one was that 20 plus million dollar hit that was taken to the salary cap because of revenues that fell the year before. And how that affected the Packers was they were built for the larger cap. And so when the smaller cap happened, they had to, you know, do so much conversion into signing bonuses and kicking, you know, you know, dead cap numbers, kicking numbers down the road. And, And eventually you pay the piper from that. And that's coming. The other thing the pandemic did, was I still maintain it? Uh, there was a calculated risk on the part of Brian Gutekinds when they, when it came to draft night in 2020, mid-pandemic. We didn't know if there'd be a season, and they thought if you know if you're going to draft a first-round quarterback with the uncertainty around the sport, maybe this is the time. And if you believe Aaron Rodgers that that's when this whole animosity really got kicked up, then that's unfortunate. It's it's so odd the additional effects that this had on the Packers. So anyway, it'll take a couple of years to recover from it the same way it will for any of us in society. So yeah, the cap comes back, team gets stronger. They can work it down the road. They just have to survive. I think one more storm to get there. Uh, I do want to go over to baseball real quick before we get out of here. Um, Give me your thoughts on what the union and the, uh, and major league baseball have at least come to the table and seemingly made a little headway on. Yeah, it's man, it's a, it's a tough thing to watch. Although the, right now they're at least playing nice. You know, they're they're agreeing to some of these smaller things like raises for first and second year players. They they're talking about a 
a, a pool of money to give to the best, very young players in the game that outperform expectations. Uh, the, there's no question that analytics has turned baseball into a younger game. It has brought people with less experience to the big leagues with the understanding that they'll do more early. And everybody understands those are the players that need to be compensated better. And, and look, I, <laughs> I don't want to be hypocritical when we're talking about the difference between half a million and $700,000, but it's the name of baseball's game, right? They, it's, a, it's a sport that makes billions so young guys can make $700,000 a year. It's a thing. Um, but uh, there's, there's still so much room left when you're talking about two things specifically. The salary cap, or, or whatever you want to call it, the luxury tax threshold, which the, the players and owners are more than $30 million a year apart, and they're not budging either side. That's going to be maybe the number one thing that happens. And th- there are a couple of other things. Competitive balance is a thing. Baseball has a problem with large market teams paying small market teams to keep the balance and small market teams putting the money in their back pocket. That, to me, is a major problem. I think that part's got to be addressed. Um, My prediction right now, spring training does not start on time. There's no way they they can bridge this gap in a week or two. Uh, The regular season isn't in jeopardy yet, but if you ask me two weeks from now and we're in the same point, regular season's in jeopardy. Sad to see. Baseball does not need it. The, you think the regular season will be in jeopardy as far as uh, as a total as a total loss, or do you think it's just going to be say from one sixty two down to one forty two? No, they, yeah, they'll they'll do a lot of work to 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 take parts off of the schedule. Like I, my guess is if if they haven't made progress in two weeks, I'd say the first couple of weeks of the season are in jeopardy. Like they might kick to one forty four, like they did after the strike in ninety five, and then if it's two more weeks, then it's one thirty. I imagine they're probably looking at this thing about, you know, in 14 game stretches, roughly. They, they, you know, if they can't get this done, then that'll happen. There'll come a point where everyone will hurt badly enough that I think they'll just sit down and figure it out. But, uh, yeah, I I, I don't feel great about opening day looking the way it's supposed to look right now. So if you're going to book a trip to spring training, is the middle of March safe? Man, <laughs> interesting you should say that. Because uh, that's what I'm thinking I, about. Yeah, yeah. you want to go down and, and see stuff. Uh, I would put, I'd put the start of spring training on time at about 10 or 15%. I'd put mid-March at about, uh, I, I'm right at 50-50. Maybe I'm a touch optimistic, maybe a little over 50% that there'll be some kind of baseball at that point. But I wouldn't be shocked if you go in mid-March and instead of games, you're at practice. You're, you're looking at, at stuff where they're not playing games yet, and they play like an eight-game or ten-game schedule to get into the season. So, yeah, I'm sorry, that's not a lot of confidence for your travel dollar, but maybe 50-50. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, not overwhelmingly confident about I may just chuck it all and go to Daytona Bike Week instead. Who knows? Uh, maybe maybe uh-huh. I got more certainty there. Uh, either way, I'm warm. I can't go wrong there. But, uh, but yeah, thinking about it. So, that being said, give me your thoughts about the Brewers coming into the season real quick. They, so the problem here is that everything's frozen. And when it's done, I think there's going to be a dollar rush on free agents that haven't signed on on whatever. And and the and dollar rushes tend not to favor the Brewers. They tend to be better when they can be frugal. Uh, I I still think this team's fine. I think it's competitive, but I don't I, I don't know if you'll see a big splash. 
Yep, no doubt. Good stuff, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, Bill. Yeah, they need to work this out because, I, I, you know, I've got a plan with the Suns, the Coyotes, and like seven spring training games. If they get this thing worked out, we're out of here. Yep, I know. I, I completely agree. I would like to see it sooner rather than later so I can go ahead and confirm the reservations down in Arizona for sure. Good stuff, bud. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Bill. There you go. Kevin Holden, CBS 58, 321Q Kevin is his uh, Twitter. 321Q CUE Kevin, his Twitter handle, Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at JL Tire Service, Service and Center, and uh, JLTire.com. JLTire.com. Good stuff by Lyle and the whole gang. They feature Goodyear, Dunlop, Kelly, but they're best known for their service, best known for Lyle and all the wonderful things they do right there in the community, whether it's out in Johnson Creek or it's in the Watertown area. Truck drivers, they are highly rated when it's over-the-road drivers and when it comes to trailer repair and brakes and tires and such. They do it all. It's right off of 94 in Johnson Creek, just north of the highway. You can't miss it. And in Watertown as well. That is jandltire.com. That is jandltire.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.